0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte
1: Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt der Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor!
0: 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum! Da draußen
1: ist der Ball frei und jetzt ist er drin!
0: Jetzt ist er drin und die ist macht das Tor!
1: Welcome to another edition of the Svijder Bundesliga podcast. It does come quick and fast. The international break is nearly over, thank goodness, and league football can resume. Uh, this week we are going to be talking all about match day 14, which comes up this friday there's plenty to talk about in terms of news and happenings around the fighter bundesliga and to help me deliberate all this is the head of press the english side of Valfell Bochum, gabriel Radis. gabriel welcome back to the program
0: thank you very much good morning matthew
1: oh good morning or good afternoon good evening uh, <laughs> it's my... very morning for me <laughs> he's still waking up that's good to hear um let's get on with it then um with our the top spieler, and it's probably no surprise that this is the game that we're kicking off with. Uh, the Franconia derby, Greutherford versus Nuremberg, Sunday kickoff game, uh, massive encounter. On both ends, Greutherford have a really incredibly good record against Nürnberg. In their last 10 meetings, Furth have won six of those, um, including the last time they met, which was in fact at the Max Morlock Stadium. Of course, this game's being played in Fertz, This is Jens Keller's first game in charge of of Nuremberg, So there is plenty of pressure already unspoken in terms of it's being a derby. Um, He has to come in and turn the ship around.
0: Yeah, it's a tough game to start, uh, particularly as I don't think Jens Keller has the greatest pedigree with all respect to him. I think getting his last job being relegated with Ingolstadt uh, and then sacked at Union before that is uh, means that this is this is a tough this is a tough job to come into, particularly with Nuremberg, well well underperforming considering where they where they should be. Really, I mean, a, a newly relegated team now in fifteenth or fourteenth rather um, is not is not where where their club expected to be. So, but I but I think this will be a tight game. I think I've had a look at, at Firt. Um, spent quite a lot of time reading them, reading about them, and. For the, the only team in the top half with a negative goal difference, uh, have only won two of their last eight games. Their form isn't as good as it, the league position might, might describe. So this would be a tight game, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. And of course, uh, we've spoken about the goalkeeping ranks um, for Nürnberg. They've brought in Felix Dornbusch, uh, formerly of uh, Walford Bochum, uh, he is going to be the fourth keeper in all competitions that they've... Uh, no, fifth goalkeeper they've tried in all competitions. Yeah. Such is the severity of the injury list that this poor club has had. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a really tough um, game for both sides in terms of, you know, it'll be a great atmosphere, undoubtedly. Um, I don't know who, who... Who do you think will win this game? Being that this is the premier fixture in terms of, of of the significance in the region um do you do you, do you re- realistically do you think Nürnberg could could steal it here or do you think Furt despite their pretty average form recently could will take the win here um I think
0: it's interesting because we have two teams here that but don't really I mean they've scored in their last three uh, in the three out of their last four games but apart from that they're pretty impotent in front of goal uh, they've only scored nine goals in the other 10 games. And then on the other hand, you have Nuremberg, who've scored in every game apart from their match day against Hanover when they lost 4-0. So you have two teams, one that is quite goal-shy and the other one is, it, despite Nuremberg's misgivings, they still score. So I think this will be a draw. I can see it being a one-all draw because I don't think Jens Keller will... I think the sort of managerial bounce of a new manager coming in will, will help. Nuremberg, and particularly with a Derby, everyone will be very fired up for it. So I reckon a draw, one all draw or something like that might be the most likely outcome. It will be a good game though, undoubtedly, and fiery for sure.
1: Absolutely. And that's what you love about a Derby. He did mention, and we'll move on to our next game in a second, that he needs to fix the defence. They are unbelievably considering how, how awful Wiesbaden were early on in the season, they have the worst offensive record in the league. 27 goals given up in the 13 mm. games. Uh, we'll move to Bielefeld. As i mean, you, Bielefeld hosts Sandhausen on Saturday. Um, Bielefeld, the form team, top of the pecking order. Uh, everything coming up them, Um it is going to be a very interesting game for them, and it is a side that they have taken plenty of wins against on the 14 occasions they've met against Sannhausen. They've won half of those, and the last time they met... Uh, It was a 3-0 win for them. So, plenty of good fortune in terms of uh, who their recent opponent is. Their form is great. Four wins uh, in their last five. However, uh, Gabriel, their home record is a bit iffy. Two wins, three draws, and a loss. Um, There is some potential that maybe Sanhausen could upset the apple cart here.
0: Yes, in theory. Although I, you do have to caveat the uh, the home record with the one loss being against uh, a Stuttgart team that were quite strong at the start of the season, and then one of those draws was against, undoubtedly, probably we could we could argue the best team in the league in Hauersfahl, and um, that was a one-all draw recently. And I mean, with five wins in the last six, definitely, definitely the form team in the league. Um, they've got the top two goal scorers in the league, close on ten, and Fuchsammer on eight, who's joined with Gunvula and and Wiesbaden, unbelievably Wiesbaden, Scheffler, who's joined second as well. Um, I think that Bielefeld will have too much for Sandhausen. Particularly, I mean, it's quite telling that Sandhausen have had their their top performer this year is Friesel Martin, their goalkeeper. Um, and whilst they've not conceded at all, they've also not scored that many either. They've only scored 14 goals. So I think Wiesbaden, um, oh, sorry, not Wiesbaden, Bielefeld, apologies, um, will be too strong for Sandhausen to, um, on Saturday
1: yeah it, it's it's quite difficult to see Sandhausen actually getting a result here um, you know in terms of defensive based on their goals against it's it's even both have given up 14 goals this season um, but yeah you, I, I just don't see them having an answer for Klos and Vogelsang but they are absolutely firing on all cylinders and yeah three points for Bielefeld they maintain their top status um, and it shouldn't be as much of a surprise um, when they, if and uh, they get the victory on the weekend, we'll move to our last um, group one game. Uh, is Stuttgart and Karlsruhe? It's another southern sort of flavour derby here. Um, two sides who couldn't be in any different form. Of course, Stuttgart. In their last five, they've lost four of the four of those five. And Karlsruhe broke a Spider-Bundesliga record for most consecutive draws. They have seven of those. They'll be looking to break that. Um, This is one of the bigger meetings of the match day in terms of head-to-head. 55 encounters, 32 wins for Stuttgart, 12 for Karlsruhe, 11 draws. They last met in 2016-17, Spider-Bundesliga season. Stuttgart winners two goals to nil. Um, Gabriel, this is quite an interesting game. I don't think we had this one penciled in as you know, Stuttgart in absolutely albatross form and Karlsruhe for some reason can't win nor lose.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I and mean, uh, then set, uh, set aside the the, uh, the backdrop of the Baden-Schwaben derby, which is, um, I was reading up about it the other day, and people say it's wie ein Krieg, which is like a war. Um, so, this derby, which a lot of people don't actually know too much about because it, it I mean, before Stuttgart, were, they've they've been they've played a few times in the. I mean, obviously you've said over 50 meetings. Um, it's not as ferocious as the Hamburg or a Franconian derby in the Zweite Bundesliga, but it is still a very very important game for the um, for Stuttgart and Karlsruhe. Um, it's kind of yeah, it's a funny game with Stuttgart being the guys that have the team that have secured the least amount of draws in the league, only two against the draw specialists, as you said, seven draws in a row. So I think this will be it'll be a fun fixture. But um it's 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 interesting. Um I'm not entirely sure um what what we can take from it, particularly as it's as it's a derby and it will uh, you know, these two teams are are I mean St- Stuttgart are in free fall really, um at the moment. But I think I think a draw from from both sides will be I think they'll probably take that. Uh two draw I could see, a high scoring draw.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's the way i'm leaning i'm really concerned with stuttgart's final third play it's just I haven't figured it out and we're 13 match days in and this is incredible this is incredible to say that they haven't really figured it out even though they sit third on the table and they've scored 20 goals and maybe that's more or less the fact that we expect a lot more from them you look at what they have yeah. in terms of player personnel and it's the mis- it's the Hamburg mistake of last season. We expected Hamburg to absolutely tear the league up with Köln and mm-hmm. uh, and would be on our way. But um, yeah, yeah, it's,
0: it's it's tough. I think realistically, if we look at the table as it is, um, I think that we do have three clear top teams. That despite Stuttgart's poor form, uh, and it is poor form four losses in the in the last five, they're still third. They're still three points clear of Heidenheim in fourth. Um, and I realistically see the top three kind of staying as it is, although albeit with some slight league position changes, um, for the next 10, 12 weeks. Um, the the question is, can Stuttgart score, start scoring against a a Karlsruhe team that have conceded the joint third most goals with twenty four goals? Um, can they um, can they get back to winning ways against in a in a, in a, in a quite a fierce derby in a, in a game that their fans will we'll, we'll pack, um, we'll pack in to watch and um, would be would mean a lot for the region.
1: Yeah, just imagine if Stuttgart did lose. I feel like there'd be some warranted pressure on Tim Velter because, uh, yeah. Uh, to be fair to say They were that...
0: expected to go straight back up, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, well, there is another team that would ex- was expecting to go straight up um, last season. And we will talk about that on the other side of this break. Uh, when Hamburg hosts Dynamo Dresden. Yes, and we start at the Volkspark Stadion for our Group 2 fixtures as Hamburg hosts Dynamo Dresden. Uh, this game is a Saturday afternoon kickoff. Um, they've met on 13 previous occasions, 6 wins for highest foul, 6 draws and 1 Dynamo victory. Uh, the last time they met, it was a 1-0 win for Hamburg. In fact, in the last three meetings, Hamburg have won this fixture by a goal to nil. And we look at the contrast in terms of form um, heading into this game. We've got Hamburg, who are the best side at home this season versus the worst away side in Dynamo.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough game, really. Um, I reckon that there is a lot of fear for Christian Field, despite the fact that he... He won, that Dresden won their last game. Uh, I don't think this is the game that he's going to be judged on. But having said that, the next two games are so important. Perhaps a landslide victory for Hamburg here in this game, which I presume Hamburg will win considerably, um, might see a change of manager just so that they can maybe have the post-managerial bounce for the next two home games against Kiel and Sandhausen, which are huge for Dresden. Huge. Huge.
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's not the most ideal opponent to have coming out of the the break. Um and in, in some ways they were a little bit fortuitous in the in the win over Wiesbaden um prior to that to, to the to the current international break that we're in. Um but you look at Hamburg at home, they are absolutely supreme. Plus fourteen goal difference. They have found multiple ways. Their one weakness um, that if Dynamo can get the ball down there, which they've had absolute nightmare time of, of doing, set pieces, set pieces, set pieces, <laughs> as you mentioned, set pieces. Uh, can on, hack it. it. just, it is, it is. That is the way to, to score um, against this Hamburg side because for some reason they just give up. Yeah, A ton of set it's Very true. However, Dinamo have all sorts of trouble getting the ball into that final third, and when they do, yeah. they're, they're so wasteful. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's a tough it's 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 a tough ask for Dresden. I think they have an unbelievable fan base; they're an unbelievable club. But you have to take them empirically or objectively, rather, just on where they are in the league. And they are 17th. They've scored very few number of goals. When it's called 14, they've conceded a hatful, 24. They've lost a hell of a lot of games. They've lost four of the last five. Um, and realistically, despite the fact that, unbelievably, a win would see them leave, move out of the drop zone, they're not going to win this game. Ha- ha- um, Hamburg are too, too imperious at home. They're too strong. They don't lose. They've only drawn once. And I think that was against Bielefeld, perhaps. Um and uh, oh no, it wasn't. It was against uh, it was against Darmstadt in, in the first in the first match day. And since then, they've they've steamrolled everyone at home. So this is going to be a, I would say maybe a two nil two nil win to Hamburg.
1: Yeah, it's hard to to disagree with that. Jesus, it's going to be could it could it could get it could get really nasty. Um, but uh, all, all could change if Dinamo opened the scoring in, in early on and, and changed the game. But you know, football is a wonderful thing, so I guess we'll have True. to wait and see. Uh, before- <laughs> do you
0: think, um, before, you, before you, we, we move on, do you think that um, Drazen's manager is in, is, in, is in danger in terms of just after this game? I mean, I know that you wouldn't probably judge him on, a, on the Hamburg game, but... Uh, yeah,
1: he, uh, he's, he's, a, he's in a bit of trouble. He's in a bit of trouble. Yeah. I, I, I I find that when you have the international break, it kind of feels like the best time to do to make a change. So sure. he, so if he was to get axed after this game, I would feel I wouldn't feel good about it. Because it makes yeah. no sense. Then you have what, a week to prepare for their next fixture. When English you game, could, yeah. when when you could have cut the cord earlier, you know, at the end of the 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 V Sparden game, now, had had they lost to V it probably would have been high tide for him. Um, mm.
0: So I mean, that that win against Wiesbaden also was enormously controversial. The fact that they managed to to to, to get a one 0 win in that, I know you spoke about it last week, but um, that massively papered over the cracks. And I think if they go through keeping feel in his job and then they go and lose the next three games and they could well be cut adrift
1: yeah and we know how tight it is in that sort of that section i mean they win they win and the results go their way they could go up to what 11th place um mm-hmm. they lose and and results go the other way um yeah they're in they're, they're in that region with Wiesbaden, which could be you know set adrift mm-hmm. into the abyss um, so yeah, it, it is it is a fascinating story there. Um, if they can't, well, if, if they can't make um, make haste, but it is a tough ask though in Hamburg. Um, we'll move on <clears throat> to our next game, which is at the Continental Arena uh, as Jan Regensborg hosts Heidenheim. This game is on Sunday. Um, yeah, two teams that are in relatively decent form. You look at Jan, unbeaten in the previous five. Uh, Two wins and three draws. Uh, Heidenheim, uh, not too bad. Two wins, two draws and a defeat. They've met on 13 occasions and it's Jan Regensburg who holds serve here. Six wins uh, in this fixture and they won the last meeting. Uh, That was at the Voigt Arena. Uh, It was a 2-1 win for Jan. In fact, if you go back into it, uh, Regensburg have won four of the last five meetings in all competitions. This includes a cup fixture um, a season ago. Um, And you look at the way things have been um, Heidenheim have only won this fixture once in league play have to go all the way back to the 2009-10 season uh, back in the Dritzeliga. Um so besides this being a fourth versus seventh matchup um, this game is a little bit underrated I think we could actually get a good game of football here
0: yeah no I think it will be a good game of football really um, I think Heidenheim and Regensburg have been excellent this year very stable, very solid uh, team. In fact, I think Heidenheim have continued with their sort of image of being the epitome of stability in the, in the Zweite Bundesliga. Their manager, Schmidt, for 12, uh, has been the manager for 12 years. They've been in the league for six years. Their record in the past seven games, three wins, three draws, one loss, is really quite solid. Um, and, if, I mean, perhaps not spectacular, uh, and it's a very similar story with Regensburg as well, with three wins, three draws, and four losses in their last uh, in their last ten. So, and that's since the defeat to Saarbrücken in, in the first round. So I think recovering from that, they've done very well. I mean, both sides are looking very stable. And for yeah, Re- Regensburg can jump up above Heidenheim and move up to uh, move up to sort of the fourth, fifth region um, if they if they win. But I think a solid a solid draw is is probably what we expect from two teams that have been pretty impressive this season.
1: I oh, would tend to agree. Um, but I, I'm going to pick a winner. I'm going to back the hosts. Um, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yep. Well, they've got the, the top score. The current top scorer of this fixture is Marco Gruttner, uh Five goals. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and he has, I think it's five goals and three assists this season. He's been very solid. Has the 34-year-old who, um, it was announced... Um, the before the weekend that he will be departing um Regensburg at the end of the season um but yeah i yeah i think i think um you know Sal- Begovic who you know this is his first real managerial position he was of course in the staff with Bilozer um over the past couple of seasons has really done a good job in in really galvanizing the the side. When you consider, as you mentioned, that cup defeat to to fourth-tier Zabrook a game which they actually controlled and and had they not had a sending off uh, from Maxi Bershikov, they would have probably won the game and gone through. Um, instead, we see Zabrook make that make a magical cup run with uh, with the Assetville, um as well. Um, so yeah, I I think they've done it. Yeah. They've been very they've been very good uh, recently. They've had, of course, they've had the three consecutive draws, and in a couple of those games, they probably should have won. The Osterbrook game springs tomorrow. Yeah. They were three one up in that game, and they let uh, a defensive midfielder score twice uh, <laughs> in, inside the penalty box. So so I mean, all in all, definitely, no, as you were. Yeah, it,
0: it will. definitely be it will definitely be a good game. Um, and I think I think you're fair to say that Regensburg, particularly with Grutner announcing that he will leave at the end of the season, have probably added incentive to try and just about sneak a win. I think Heidenheim, personally, I think Heidenheim are too strong to to, to see that. And so I think a two-all draw. I do want to just quickly say something on on Grypner, um, just because obviously the managing director called him this week as one of Regensburg's greatest ever players, um, a fantastic um, model and uh, sportsman for, uh, for Regensburg. And I think it's also really admirable that he's moving back home in order to allow his wife to, uh, to work more um, and that probably <clears throat> that sort of environment of, of choosing family over football which is which is how it should be really um, when push comes to shove I think for him he's he's decided that he's had a very good football career and now wants to spend more time with his family um, Jan Regensburg may be motivated to try and finish the strong uh, the season strongly they might look to Stuttgart who are only six points away from them and, and think you know what they are they are stuttering somewhat so Perhaps we can try and try and push uh, for for a run at the top three, in order to honour and effectively celebrate their their long-standing captain.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting. But he has been a fantastic servant of the club, and a pit, uh, really one of the epitomes of consistency. He finds he has been consistently getting in the double figures in goals, Liga and, and Spider Bundesliga and and Bundesliga, and he's very much on his way to repeating that feat this season. Uh, our last group two game is at the HDI Arena in Hanover as they host Darmstadt. This game is the Monday night kickoff. Uh, For our friends who listen from the United Kingdom or the Republic of Ireland, this game will be on BT Sport 1. I should have also mentioned that the Stuttgart Karlsruhe game will also be on BT Sport, but this one, BT Sport 3. This game has plenty on the offering. You look at two sides who have really, really struggled uh, throughout the season, of course. Hanover announced... um, So, unsurprisingly, a few hours after concluding our previous podcast, that Keenan Kokac was going to be the new manager, of course, previously of Sanhausen. His teams are notoriously great at defending, which has been part of the problem with Hanover um, this season. But more importantly, their issues have been in front of goal. They are the only team yet to win at home this season, uh, and they've only scored three times in front of their home fans. So, it's fair to say... um, Kokac is coming into a situation where, A, they really need to score some goals at home. P, they need to win.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a tough game for Kokac to come in. I think he has a decent record um, having managed Sandhausen and getting them into 10th and 11th place finishings on a pretty low budget, which is solid and impressive and pretty much effectively what uh, Hanover need at the moment. I think the thing is, is that what we are seeing right now is... Nigh on unprecedented for Hanover, a team that were many expected to go straight back up, um, and a team that you know really haven't haven't been in this sort of period, this this placing in the league for a very long time. I mean, if they do, if results go against them and they do end up in the bottom three, it will probably be the darkest day for Hanover in terms of footballing terms uh, since they were relegated from this fight of the Zweite Bundesliga in 1996, in their anniversary year. So it's it. We have to go back a long time for them to even have been in the in the uh, relegation zone of the of Bundesliga. It's a tough ask for Kokac, uh, but he has a good pr- a proven record in terms of uh, solid defence. Um, and you're they are facing a Darmstadt side who, despite the fact that they've won twice in the past five, have for large parts of the season been pretty poor. Um, and it pains me to say that, particularly as their manager is a is a Bochumer. Um, so it's a tough game. Um, Darmstadt have recovered slightly, but they are also in danger. So I think Han- Hanover will need this, will need a victory. And I think the, being at home, new manager, the gravity of the situation will probably pro- propel them to uh, to a victory, a much-needed yeah. one.
1: Yeah, it is desperate, but I think this game will end in, in a draw. You look at... Uh, it's incredible. The, the lowest-scoring teams in the league, we have a number of them. Wiesbaden, Dresden, Hanover, Darmstadt uh Osnabrück and-, and Sandhausen all tied on 14 points and then look you, you look at their positions in the table and oh, there's, no, there's not much separating if Hanover win and results go their way they could be in the top half of the table which is absolutely extraordinary um considering how well mm-hmm. mm, questionable they've been this season um same with sure. Darmstadt <laughs> they yeah, it's amazing they could both sides could be in the top half and the, the following week of the podcast we'll be talking about you know what things are okay now everything's alright but such is the short track <laughs> right. such is the so- short track minded we we uh we can be it sometimes <laughs> but um yeah I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends in a draw but hopefully for mm-hmm. the sake of everyone there there'll be some goals on hand. Uh we'll take our final break and on the other side we have the final three games to preview of course and your topic questions and we will start at the Ruhr stadion as Bochum host Osnabrück. Hello,
0: this is Matt, Jose, Mark, Guillaume, James, Mel, Zach, this is David, We are PSG Talking. There is no other team like Paris Saint-Germain and there's no other podcast in English talking about it. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, on our blog PSGtalk.com and or on our YouTube channel. We'll talk to you soon.
1: We are back with our final games of match day 14. And as said before the break, uh, our first game is at the Ruhr Stadium between Bochum and Osnabrück. They've only met on two occasions previously, and that was back in the 2010 11 season. And on both occasions, it was a win for Bochum. They, of course, are coming off a draw heading into the break. However, their last home game was a win. And it's their one and only home victory of the season. Funnily enough, they are actually unbeaten at home this season. Uh, one win and five draws. Their opponents, Osnabrück, coming off an impressive victory over Stuttgart. Uh, they come into this uh, previously. Uh, their last five have been one win, of course. Uh, the three draws and a defeat. Um it's fair to say we were talking off-air how seldomly these two sides meet. However, with the, the table being as tight as it is, uh, the significance in this contest is quite large.
0: Yeah, you cannot underestimate how important this game is. Well, certainly from a Bochum standpoint, and I, and I presume as well uh, for Osnabrück, um, it is massive for us. Um, we've got four games, uh, four home games in the next five. After this, we have Aue, uh, then Gutter who aren't, as we discussed earlier, aren't particularly um, in great form away. And then we have Hanover and Jan Regensburg at home. So it's a massive opportunity for Volkum to move up the table. Uh, We were speaking off air as well about how, even from those five games, 10 points from that would see traditionally or historically rather would see a very Solid mid-table positioning after about 18 fixtures, so that it would be huge for Bochum to get some wins under uh, under a belt. Um, it's against a side that we haven't played much, but then against a side that don't concede um, don't concede at all a lot either, uh, and we score a lot but also concede a lot. So it will be an interesting game. Um, <clears throat> but we've only lost one game under Rice in his eight games. Uh, we have drawn a few of those as well um, one win uh, two wins five draws and one loss the loss being against a resurgent keel side um, but apart from Osnabrück's um, shock victory against VfB Stuttgart they weren't particularly um, intimidating they haven't been anyway in the past few games in the, in the league uh, That before that it was four uh, it was four games without a win three draws and a loss so I mean, I'm obviously backing Bochum for a win. Uh, I, I feel like this is a good opportunity for us to to get another win under the uh, under our belt and uh, and push forward to the next to next week against Alwe.
1: Yeah, it is as you said a really good opportunity for the hosts uh, to make hay here. Of course, a win for them and favourable results will at least get them uh, out of the relegation playoff uh, area. Um, yeah, it is a great opportunity for them, but. It's amazing that a team that sits ninth has only given up twelve goals and has the is equal best defensive record with Hamburg, who of course sit in second. Um, mm-hmm. They do create. This is the thing. Osnabrück do create opportunities on goal, um, but they are quite. Yeah. They are very wasteful. It has to be mentioned. They are, well, put it this way. Uh, they're not a team that finishes their dinner often. Um, <laughs> However, sometimes it's... they finish they are efficient um in terms of when they get ahead they can hold a lead. Um yeah uh, as you I'm sure you're going to mention against the Stuttgart they did exactly just that. Um yes. and they could do that if they if they take the lead early against Bochum. Now obviously yeah. uh, Bochum are side who've got 24 goals this season which um is what well, equal third best uh with uh, with Regensburg. Um, yeah. so, so it's there If the attacking threat is there just the defence has been well mm.
0: it's it's against a side, it's a side with the, that score and concede at will against a team that really are quite um, tight at the back and don't make, as you said don't um, converse a lot of their chances it's a, it will be a really interesting game I don't think it will be as high scoring as it normally is but uh, as I'm looking outside now it is lashing it down in Bochum, as it has done for the past few days. it has been non-stop rain. It's going to be a Friday night under lights. Um, it's going to be a perf- perfect atmosphere for football. Um, everyone will be very up for it. I know that we have uh, a pretty large contingency coming from England as well, um, which is nice. Uh, and looking forward to, hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers fully crossed, all of them, and toes, um, a victory, um, which will propel us. Um, do do wonders for for the confidence of the of the side because Osnabrück um, losing to Osnabrück now, coupled with uh, some good results for Hanover and, and Nuremberg, will be very very problematic for Wolfram. So um, it, a win would be fabulous in so many ways.
1: That it will, and from there we shall move on to the other Friday night fixture, which is Erzgebirge Auer and St Pauli. Um, oof, this game. You have two sides who, let's be frank, haven't done a lot of winning in their previous five. Hour has that only has the one victory um, in their previous five. Saint Pauli three draws and two defeats. Um, they've met on 17 previous occasions. These two sides, and it's fair to say that Saint Pauli haven't had a very good run at it. Uh, only two wins for them. Ten wins for Hour. Five draws when they last met. That was in the Milan Tour. Our uh, winners two goals to one. It's been six years since Saint Pauli have won this fixture. Um the question is Gabriel, will that change on friday night?
0: Um, no i i think I think, uh, I, I think Alway will win, will win again I think Saint pauli have um, have really been quite poor of like i know um they were i mean they were okay to be fair in the, in the one all draw against four last week but it's been it's quite worrying for them uh they 're strong at home. But away is a completely different story. Um, I know they uh, they've they've got an impressive record um, in, in in the fixture, but um, uh, away, and I don't and I don't think that will really change. If I'm honest,
1: yeah, I, don't... I think
0: I, I can see a one 0 win or something like that. Just because, it, to be frank, Saint Pauli from the start of the season have looked shaky, and I know they they are eleventh at the moment, but with results going against them, they could drop significantly and they can continue to to drop i mean they they don't score that many equally they don't concede that many either but they they aren't potent up front they they're not particularly i i i sense and 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 it may just be a, a sentiment from from the rugby um that uh, that they are lacking in, in in quality and lacking in um in, I don't think the fan base are really behind the current squad that they have uh, and the and the way they're playing uh, and the manager as well who divided opinion at the start of the season and um, it will be an interesting an interesting fixture but I think our way will be too strong.
1: Yeah, they will be of course the hosts will be missing the top scorer in this fixture, uh, Jan Hoša, who of course was sent off um, a straight red after the video assistant referee deemed the. Challenge, which was a nasty little studs to the back of the calf region, um, that calf Achilles region, which is very very nasty. That's two games for him. He's gone. Uh, but yeah, I I think the hosts will win as well. Um, just on pure historical significant uh, example for them, uh, they just have a great record. And you know when teams have sort of a a, a side that they can't beat. Um, yeah, it, it plays. I I I know. It's, I know the Jos will say if he gets asked the question that oh, it has no significance on the team whatsoever. <laughs> I think it. Do, I think it does. Exactly because, the line. Yeah, there's a. They've, they've got a hoodoo at the Erzgebirge Stadium. They've won there once, um, which yeah. was six years ago. But they really really struggle to get a result. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do not win on Friday night.
0: I think it's just just quickly. I think it's very really significant that, despite their poor form our way at the moment, there's quite a sticky patch. They've only won once. They've only lost once in that period as well. So they've managed to grind out some points and some draws, uh, three of them, during that period of time. So it's it's probably the sign of quite a solid, stable team. It is indeed a sign, actually, um, <laughs> that even when you're not playing particularly well, you're still getting points on the board and you're still. Up in the fifth region with 20 points uh, and only three points off the top three, so I think we are are a strong side. They are forced to be reckoned with, certainly for the top half of the season, uh, in the top half of the table for the season. Um, and yeah, I don't think I don't think Pally will be able to challenge them. I yeah. Yeah.
1: There we have it. Uh, our last um, game of match day 14 preview is Wiesbaden and Kiel. This game is on Saturday afternoon. Uh, they've met on. 10 previous occasions and it's the draws who actually wins this fixture. There've, there's been five draws, uh, three wins for Kiel, two wins for Veyen. Uh, the last time that was in the 2016, 17 Dritter Liga season, Holstein Kiel winners of three goals to nil. Um, so it's quite interesting. Of course, uh, Kiel actually haven't won in Wiesbaden since the 2014, 15 season. Again, Dritterliga. Liga, um, it's just going to be quite an interesting one, of course. Uh, Wiesbaden, prior to that controversial d- defeat in, in Dresden, we're in a good run of form. Uh, you know, Over their last five now, it's one win, three draws and a loss. Kiel, two wins, two losses and a draw. Um, so th- th- it could be quite an interesting game, um, but it has to be said, though, that Wiesbaden desperately need to get those three points to keep in touch with the th- th- that lower mid-table.
0: Yeah, these ones, I feel. I feel very bad for them, to be honest. I, I, I'm, it's, it was desperately sad to watch them lose last on um, two weeks ago. Anyway, or, or desperately tough anyway, because of just out of sheer injustice, really, from my point of view, um, which has sort of dragged them back down. And now on ten points, and they're a bit adrift, sort of four points away from Hanover in fifteenth. Um, and then they come up against a side who Kiel have really been playing particularly you know really really been quite strong of late um i mean they've t- taken seven points off Bochum, uh, bielefeld stuttgart and hanover in their past four games i mean that's that's really quite strong considering that Bochum haven't lost in those in, in the last eight games uh apart from that uh, apart from that and then obviously the top three are as they are um that's very impressive from kiel who were looking quite worrying before that in, in the sort of bottom bottom three. I think Kiel will be too strong for Beesworn, and I think Beesworn are at in this at this juncture in the season where they've had they had the upturn in form after a desperately bad start to the season. Perhaps these two losses on the bounce—I well, I think it will be two losses uh, on the bounce—will um, me will show will allow them or will unfortunately allow them to plateau and and sort of be cut away a bit from uh, from the Dresden, Wolfsburg, and Nürnberg's.
1: No, although it, it definitely will be noted from uh, Rudy Garoum that they do need to get three points. Uh, as mentioned, their defensive record has been pretty ordinary, but when you look, at, you look at their defensive record now, okay, they've given up 26 goals. 16 of those came at home. Uh, the outlier, of course, being the five that they gave up to Jan Regensburg, but they also gave up three to Hanover. Um, so... You know, the two teams that you know, okay, Yann are actually quite a good scoring team. Hanover, one of the worst. Um, so they're in a they're in a situation where they they will know that they need to get the points. Will they get the the three? Probably not. Um, but I think they can get a. I think they can take a point here. I think they've certainly improved in that defensive end over the past few games. Um, just can they find another goal scorer? I mean. Eight of their 14 goals have been scored by Manuel Schaefer. Like He needs help. Someone. Anybody. Um, help the poor man. He can't do it by himself because, um, well, if he does, I mean, they're probably going down. So so we'll see. I think this game will end in a draw. Um, and I'll go
0: 3-1 when keel.
1: There we have so. it. Although, to be fair,
0: I don't think you should listen to me at all because I did call that the uh, Wiesbaden game last week would be 4-3 to either Drazen or, or, or Wiesbaden. So, I mean, I'm probably talking absolute rubbish. So, <laughs> no doubt Wiesbaden will win 5-0. So. <laughs> <You know.
1: laughs> the bless of wishful thinking. Uh, that's our preview. <laughs> All done and dusted. Uh, we have our topic questions to get through. We have two of them. Uh, we'll start with our first one from Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin 3. It says, hello everybody. There's a lot of football left to be played, but do you see the Spider Bundesliga again sending up three teams to the Bundesliga at the end of the season? Um I would say it's possible. I mean, you look at the bottom four in the Bundesliga and Oh, it's not good. Uh Paderborn, Köln, Mainz and Augsburg, uh, and then Mainz and um and Köln have just a." Uh, made oh, managerial yeah, think... chances but far out that's pretty funny. Gabriel, let's print let's admit uh th- those two situations were quite humorous almost was... comical.
0: I feel really bad for mines and Kern, but um not bad enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things where this question actually um is more relevant or more interesting Today, or in light of the managerial changes yesterday, then it would have been say a week ago, merely because, or it, it, it lends more uh, more credence. Because um, I think that the two managerial appointments, and I think I, I, I know that you agree, are questionable to say the least, and I, uh, if anything, um, likens uh, or, or or heightens the likelihood that um, that mines and Kern will be going down, and Paderborn are, are definitely dropping down I think most people would say that that's they, they have the sort of air sort of feeling of um, I remember a few years ago we had um, I, I can't remember the I can't remember the exact side uh, an Italian side in the 2017 uh, 18 season but of I think maybe is that, yeah. was their name yeah. uh, uh, who were absolutely just basically cast aside by every side they played in the, in the uh, in Serie a and, and, and went down quite quickly. Despite the fact they had an upturn in form in about January, um, sort of Paderborn have that same sort of feeling where they might catch a couple, of, they might get a couple of wins, but they are definitely going down uh, in the automatic relegation spots. Um, similarly, I think Stuttgart, Hyspaal, Bielefeld for in the spite of the league are they are going to be the top three. I, 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 I mean, I know Hyspaal have have the ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory um, in the past few years, but uh, but I feel like that will be the top three. Uh, and against uh, and uh, perhaps if we take this, the the this table as it is and and, and pit minds against Stuttgart, uh, despite Stuttgart's poor form, I, I think Stuttgart will be able to turn it around. And yeah, I could see Stuttgart going up in that in that um, in that playoff position. Yeah.
1: Yeah, geez, I don't think uh, it's probably not the most appetising relegation playoff game you could probably have, but perhaps yeah. <laughs> not. No, <laughs>
0: mind Stuttgart with Stuttgart on on was it four with four losses in the past five and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> very very interesting but I guess it all could change it all could change I mean for all we know it could well be Sandhausen in third um, so, and Sandhausen, Sandhausen could grind out a nil-nil against I don't know Fortuna Düsseldorf uh, who have somehow managed to drop down and then you know Düsseldorf was somehow hopefully well I mean I don't know I want Sandhausen out of the league I don't mind if they're in the first division or the third division but um <laughs> So, uh, so hopefully,
1: hopefully that will come true. Actually, yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, that it's a it's a great question. Honestly, it is. Um, yeah, I, I I'd say, as I said before, very very possible. Obviously, still a lot of football to go, and of course, we don't know who <laughs> the playoff teams will be. But the way the season has been on both in both leagues. Very, very possible that we'll see that happen. Um, our last question is from Louis Ostrowski at Ostro. Of course, Louis has been uh, on the show before. Um, he says this weekend he's off to Bochum and then Bielefeld to see some Spider Bundesliga football. How envious I am of that. Uh, this is for you, Gabriel. Um, any tips for a first time visitor to the Ruhr Stadion?
0: Yeah, firstly, I should commend. Is it Lewis, you say? Yeah, yeah. Um Lewis on his excellent decision to come to Bortham. Um because you're coming to the home of football. Um really. <laughs> no, it, the rugby is a really, really special area for football. Um you have so many amazing teams. Bortham are I mean, they're very they are very close to my heart. Um the the, the city is effectively surround is, is around the club. It's very much a a, a football club that exists as the centre of the community, I would say. Uh, having only been here for a few months now, um, my top tips would be: uh, the stadium itself is a, a very classic uh, German stadium, a one-tier round uh, stadium. Uh, it's not; it's almost if you walk in, you're at you're at your seat slash standing place. So don't go in too early. I'd say go in with about forty five minutes to go, but. Um, there are lots of lots of places to to have a drink or, or uh, around the stadium in the in the sort of in in the outer ring. Uh, head to the Bermuda Dryack, which is um, the uh, the bar scene in uh, in Bochum. It's like a, perhaps maybe a thirty-five minute walk away from the stadium, but you can you can easily get a tram. Um, and it's, it's the Bermuda Dryack's is very close to the main uh, the main central station. Uh, get a get a couple of drinks there for sure, uh, and revel in the sort of uh, in the pre-match. Uh, Sort of optimism and enthusiasm, um, and uh, and yeah, I, I I love walking up to the stadium. I feel like it's a, a it's a beautiful, way, a really lovely way to get into into a match day environment. It's just to walk up with all the fans, but you can do, definitely take a tram that takes a couple of minutes, and then uh, yeah, the other the other thing that I would definitely say um, is read the lyrics for um, Herbert Grönemeyer. Herbert Grönemeyer being uh, a very very famous German country singer. For those who don't know, and I, is he not particularly—I don't think he's at all famous in in, in the UK, sat outside of Germany. Um, but read the lyrics for uh, his song Bochum. He effectively came to Bochum and decided that he liked it, so he wrote a song about the club and about the city, um, which literally has uh, <laughs> which has um, the words that the place is a lot better than everyone thinks, which um, <laughs> turns. Probably indicative of the overall outside opinion of of but Perhaps once you get there, you really feel the magic. Read the lyrics if you're good at German. Uh, have a read of those and, and and try and listen to it on YouTube before you go because that is the the song that everyone stands up to, that everyone way puts their scarves uh, uh, aloft for and, and and sings in unison. And it is really a special moment actually when everyone does uh, sing in unison. So definitely, definitely go for
1: that. There we go. I mean. Could have said it better myself, but uh, you know, one day, <laughs> one day I'll get to experience it. Um, You're dead, always welcome, mate. Uh, I, I hope I can get there soon rather than later. Before we go, um, we have some news, I guess. Um, we have our own range of merchandise uh, that is out and available, and I will post a link as to where oh. you can get your hands on. Some Svater Bundesliga merch. Now, at the moment, we only have the printed T-shirt and the printed hoodie. Um, but we are very much open to suggestions as to things you'd like to see as merchandise from coffee mugs, hats, beanies, um, the likes. We'd love to hear your suggestions, and, and we can see what we can do um, for you guys. Have sliders. Slide. sliders. Sliders yeah I really need some new sliders so i'm definitely looking forward to that yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really nice. we'll see what we can do um but yeah that's that's uh we, we've got some some new stuff coming out um hopefully shortly some some different logo t-shirts and and uh yeah um so and also thank you for the 500 twitter followers uh half uh Halfway to a thousand, which would be pretty awesome if we got there. But it's, 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 we have great support. And we, all of us here who have been on the podcast are very thankful that um, we have such a, a really an awesome community of listeners and, and, um, and, you know, providing the word on the Spider Bundesliga, being the only English, uh, broadcaster slash, uh, recorder of, of the league. And, um, yeah, no, we're very, we're very grateful and we appreciate your support throughout. And, and uh, yeah, we, we look to continue to bring this wonderful podcast to you guys. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, a big thank you, Thanks. Gabriel, for coming on. We appreciate you, thank you, having, very much, thank you. In. Cheers. Always a pleasure. We look forward to having you back on. Good luck on Friday, of course, with uh, with Bochum. Um, and yeah, until next time. Um, yeah. Have a good weekend. You.
0: Cheers, and you.